Welcome to Farrington's Features, the school podcast where we talk to pupils, to staff and to parents to find out more about Farrington's school. In each episode, we'll be talking to members of the school community to hear more about life in the school. So let's get into this episode right now of Farrington's Features. In this episode, we're going to be finding out about Floriat, what it means and why it was introduced at Farrington's school. We'll talk about the response to the introduction of Floriat activities and discover what some of the pupils think of it. We'll also explore what Floriat brings to the school as a whole. So to find out more, let's meet Lee Garwood, who's Curriculum Assistant Head, and then we'll be meeting a little later Alex and Eden. Hello, Mr Garwood. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. So tell me, take me into the world of Floriat and what it means. Well, it's quite aside from it having a nice alliterative sound, Floriat at Farrington's. It literally translates as let flourish in Latin, which kind of neatly summarises, I think, the intent of the programme and sort of encapsulates the underlying purpose of our co-curriculum at Farrington School. It's designed to allow our children to thrive and to grow by night finding those sort of new experiences and skills through the co-curriculum. Tell me more. What does it encompass? Well, I think all good schools have a commitment to providing a, a good all-round education, which has a, an emphasis on learning both within and beyond the classroom. Uh, and this is a central aspect of the school's aims and objectives. And as such, uh, our co-curriculum has uh, an equal footing and plays a key role in both the pupils' experiences at school and in their personal development. I guess the the aims of the Floriat programme or the, the philosophy behind it is to offer both breadth and depth and offer a wide variety of choice for pupils. We aim to provide opportunities for pupils to engage in new activities, learn learn new skills that are uh, sporting, creative, more traditionally academic, well-being focus. And that support is there for both absolute beginners uh, in the co-curriculum, as well as it is more experienced or those at an elite level. Sort of finally, in terms of what uh, what Floriat is about, it's very much co-curricular in nature. And we call it the co-curriculum, not extracurriculars. We see it running alongside and in mutual support of the academic curriculum, rather than a sort of extra to it. And we have a, a, an ethos and a commitment to that all-round education, which is enabled through close partnerships between the curriculum and the co-curriculum. Can you give me some example of the activities? What sort of things do you do? Well, there are over 50 that run from uh, archery, public speaking, maths escape rooms, CSI, forensics, dissection societies, scuba diving, rock climbing, mindfulness, well-being, Japanese culture, beekeeping, law society. There's a SAGE project where we work with children with Uh, additional learning needs, equality, diversity and inclusion. So a a real broad range uh, offering deliberate choice, uh, as I said, that some are are more traditionally academic in their their focus, some are well-being focused, some are creative and some are kind of sporting. So that's complementing and bolstering some of the things that are offered through the the curriculum itself. It must be a a very hard thing to organise and and to get going. Why did you decide to introduce it into Farrington's? Well, we already had a really impressive list of clubs and societies, as you might expect, of a, of a good school. 
ranging from the creative to the sporting uh, and everything in between. So it wasn't simply about repackaging uh, that which which already existed and creating time in the school day to pursue those things. Its introduction was about being bold uh, and adventurous in our co-curricular offering and giving students partially in response to the things that they had missed through the pandemic and probably worth remembering that we put this together during the sort of mid-pandemic landscape, if you like. We had an overall curriculum review that looked at the sort of profit and loss in terms of time for, for, for our academic subjects within the curriculum. And then we were able to carve out appropriate time during the course of the week to give students more of what they needed. What we were hearing from parents is that they weren't able to perhaps pursue uh, the things that made their children tick and uh, the things that <laughs> allowed their children to burn off steam and the things that really sort of lit um, lit a fire in their, in their sons and their daughters. So, so doing this uh, was partially in response to the pandemic, but also came about because of a reimagining of what our curriculum would look like. Uh, and uh, we wanted to give equal footing to the co-curriculum with, within what we did uh, and at the same time uh, offer something very unique, for a, for particularly for a sort of Southeast London Kent day school. So do all years take part across the school? They do. All years 7 to 12, year 13, don't they? They're, they're, they're busy engaged in the business of securing their universities um, for, for the future uh, or apprenticeships uh, or, or going into work. All year groups from 7 to 12 uh, have at least one Floriat period in their in their timetable. Years 7 uh, have two, uh, years 8 have two and uh, year 9 have two also. So how do you feel that the um, Floriat programme benefits the students? I think there are a, a huge range of ways in which Floriat benefits uh, the student and staff um, within the school uh, and the school as a whole. It's a very real and tangible commitment to educating the whole child, first of all. Academic achievement matters, but parents know, uh, I think intuitively, that happy, well-adjusted confident, articulate young people uh, will only emerge from their school experiences um, or their childhoods by having taken part in a range of co-curricular experiences and uh, activities in whatever guise those uh, those experiences uh, happen to be in, whether it's uh, you know, sport or the arts or co-curricular academic activities. Kids need those experiences to flourish and to, to do well. So I think the programme offers leadership skills it offers the ability to work effectively through groups and teams the social skills to uh, to excel in both of those areas uh, we give appropriate challenge to students uh, some of the activities are about gently nudging them towards adversity and getting them to do things that they didn't think were possible or they would never have tried outside of school it develops resilience i think the main outcomes of the experiences through the co-curriculum include self-confidence a sense of identity and those interests that can be continued later on into into adult life and i suppose some people could say that students are missing valuable lessons but actually from what you're saying this kind of programme actually assists the academic side of life as well, doesn't it? If you've got a confident child, then that's going to make it easier for them to be able to assimilate in the academic side of things. Yes, I think that there's there are any number of academic studies that point to the, the efficacy of, uh, of, of 
of educating the whole child equally. We know that students that are active, students that have a range of spheres uh, of influence within their life uh, and a range of things that they are involved in in terms of what they value and in terms of what they are invested in go on to do better academically anyway but that point aside the overall audit of our our existing curriculum we moved from an eight period day to a six period day moved from 40 minute lessons to, to 55 minute lessons meant that in terms of the net time afforded to the the curriculum uh, in itself by giving more choice later on, further down into into year nine, where students can effectively make some um, some choices about which uh, which languages they study, which creative subjects they may or may not want to study, whether they want to go with ICT, and so we gave them more choice further further down uh, the line in key stage three, which is at the end of end of year nine, which meant that that, that no net time was lost really for any academic subjects, and in an actual in actual fact, some time was gained. Um, at GCSE and A level in terms of the way in which we've now structured the longer lessons and built all those things. But ironically, uh, none of these things would have been perhaps possible without uh, the dreaded COVID uh, and what it forced us to do in terms of looking at what we offered uh, as our core curriculum in school and saying, well, what actually do we place great value upon uh, and and what do we think uh, is is in the best interests of our young people? And uh, it, it uh, it, it has proved to be the case. It's been enormously popular, enormously valued by students and staff and parents uh, and prospective parents, uh, in fact, as they cite the programme as a a reason for wanting to to, to come to to Farrington's in the the future. That's good to hear because you have made some fairly radical changes right across the board and it's good feedback from the parents. And we're going to hear from pupils in a minute, so they might tell me the truth. But so far, uh, you've had good feedback from the parents, have you? Yeah, absolutely. We engage in what we call pupil voice and and parents sort of surveys to, to gauge the effectiveness of, of, of some of the new things that we do. Pupils have been particularly effusive about uh, and perhaps the prospect of not having double maths on a Friday afternoon uh, sweetens the deal somewhat but uh, the, the students have been overwhelmingly positive about what, what it will do for them in terms of the new relationships that they can forge with their teachers, seeing teachers in a slightly different light, uh, the geography teacher that, that delivers Duke of Edinburgh, the the, the languages teacher that delivers Japanese culture, the, the the business studies teacher that takes a mindfulness drawing class, the, the boarding house mistress that takes them uh, off onto uh, to, to skiing trips, and and kind of everything in between. Um, it's a chance to share passions. It's a chance to to see students and teachers in a very different context and in a very different environment. Uh, and parents equally have been hugely complimentary about what we're offering and, and what it has offered to their sons and their daughters. Uh, both in terms of the new skills that they're learning, but also in terms of the space and the time that allows them to um, to to make mistakes and to try new things, and, and seeing those things as, as an essential part of the uh, of the learning journey. Sounds like it could be pretty motivational for the staff as well. You know, things things can get in a bit of a rut, can't they? If you're teaching the same thing over and over again, this must be a lovely way of, of broadening everybody's horizons. Well, it, it's interesting you say that. We've got uh, the, the sort of bidding process taking place taking place at the moment, where where colleagues will say, "What, what I'd really like to run next year, uh, Mr. Garwood, is a dissection society." So I, I would like three 
300 pounds uh, per term to spend on the the materials for the dissection society equally uh, it, it has allowed uh, the scope and the chance um, to really uh, be be very bold and adventurous in terms of what we what we offer so we'll offer a, a formula one engineering project next year the master chef and uh, the students we've got i think 30 students off uh, on their open water dive to complete their their their, their paddy qualification which is a lifetime qualification so you're right in what you say it's uh, it allows sort of staff to to to, to really spread their wings uh, and offer something that they you know that are out that, that is outside of the of the bounds of the traditional academic curriculum i hope you do give the 300 pounds i have visions of a sort of burke and hare moment and one of your staff oh. popping down to the no no i won't go any further <laughs> Um, right. How do your students get to choose? Can they try everything or, or do they have to sort of be a bit more refined? So in year seven and year eight, right, guys, they, they, you, have a, you have a rotation. So Alex and Eden are nodding away beside me. Uh, they get 10 activities over a year, effectively period five, period six on a Friday afternoon, 55 minutes in each slot. Uh, and they do six week rotations of uh, of those 10 activities. And that's uh, design venture, podcasting, touch typing, public speaking. We incorporate part of our Farrington's Futures program within uh, within the Floriat program, which is our, our careers program. And students are uh, introduced to the Start platform, which is a phenomenal uh, resource to allow students to explore the kinds of careers they might want to pursue further and uh, further down the line. So there's this is a synergy between the different areas of the uh, of the school's offering. Um, so they, they rotate around those activities for for, for a year. Um, everyone's keen to do archery on a Friday afternoon, of course. And we have qualified archery instructors now within the school as part of our staff that have become qualified as uh, as budding uh, sort of Robin Hoods. And then in year nine, there's there's choice and students choose for a term for two periods. Uh, it's in the middle of the day on a Friday, uh, and off they can go to. Uh, uh, to photography or to film school or to, uh, to, to, to one of the other year nine activities, which includes the scuba diving. All of year nine uh, participate in uh, D of E skills during, during the, the, um, the spring term with those students that want to, to go on to pursue the bronze award, taking it um, beyond there. Or, or equally, students will have the choice to go off and to become qualified as a diver or to, uh, to go off rock climbing down at Tunbridge Wells uh, with our deputy head, Mr. Young, who shares his passion for... <laughs> Um, for bouldering down down at the uh, Chimera Centre, which is down in down in Tunbridge Wells, and, and the same for Year Ten uh, and Year Eleven. Uh, they choose by term, sometimes by half term. And there's beekeeping, Japanese culture, goes green project. We have uh, sports leadership in there, TED talks, and, and various other things that students can can, can choose from. W- within year twelve, there's a there's a complementary focus towards preparing them for university. So the extended project qualification, the EPQ, which universities value highly, is is in there. There's some web design. There's a, a more more work on the start platform as they begin to refine their university choices more mindfulness to get stressed out a-level students uh, ready for their exams first aid uh, so that there's a there's a real wealth and breadth of activities for for students to choose from well i think it's about time we heard from the pupils let's turn to eden first shall we hello eden hello now tell me how do you feel that you have benefited from these activities and first of all tell me what do you do as part of your activities so so far i've done public speaking archery 
podcasting, maths escape, first aid. And I've benefited because I've made a lot of relationships with people in younger years and in my year that perhaps I wouldn't have really thought to have a conversation with. And now I've made them friendships so I have other people to talk to. I've also benefited because I've seen another side of teachers that I wouldn't have seen in just everyday lessons. So I've seen how to like do first aid with my science teacher, which I would have never really thought of doing before. And I've just learned a lot of life skills in general. I hope you were allowed to, to bandage your teacher. Did you get to do the bandaging? Yeah, we did. And we've done it on the mannequins as well. Oh, fantastic. So can you give me any tips on podcasting? I think I need some. <laughs> <laughs> so we went into little rooms and we got to do our own podcast on whatever we wanted so we got microphones and we just got to speak for like half an hour and then we went back and edited it ourselves Eden, what was yours called remind me ours was called the almighty alpacas <laughs> what a great subject we haven't got time to find out what was in it but uh, i'm going to give it a listen you should publish it did you publish it in fact we haven't yet because we still need to do a few more um episodes of it but it was it's getting there oh, i'll look forward to that definitely so uh, is there anything particular that you're looking forward to as you move up the score is there anything you've got your eye on yeah so for year nine i'm really looking forward to doing rock climbing because i've done it a few times before but never like properly and I've never been taught how to do it. I'm also looking forward to in year 10 beekeeping because I quite enjoy like nature so like doing the whole bee like helping bees knowing they're going like a bit extinct is like going to be really fun. I'm very jealous of that I'd love to do that and, and what do you think that, that the Floriette activities give you what have they done to you personally? So they've given me really important life skills so for first aid like I've never really known how to like help someone if they're in a bad situation so now if I see someone struggling then I can help them in that way. Sounds amazing incredible programs. Should we have a, a chat with Alex now? Hello. Hi Alex so tell me what have you been up to in the Floriette activities? I have done ballet, touch typing, first aid, I've done music technology and archery, public speaking. So those, they were all really fun. And out of all of them, which one was the best? Weirdly, I really, really enjoyed doing ballet because it was a, I never knew that my science teacher taught me ballet and one of my maths teachers. And it was fun getting taught by them something that isn't maths or science related. Yeah, it's hard work, isn't it, Bally? Harder than you think. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be so difficult. And now I've learned that I have really a lot of respect for ballet dancers because it is really, really difficult to do. Did you find muscles you didn't know you had? I never knew my toes or my feet could be so strong amazing that's really good to know fantastic and as you go up the school what, what are you kind of looking for what what do you think you're going to take part in in the future i would really really obviously like to do beekeeping in year 10 i'd like to do skiing and scuba diving as those are skills i've always wanted to do i've just never been i've never got the chance to do it what do you think it's given you having the opportunity to, to do more of these activities it's given me a lot of life skills obviously because i did first aid i now know what to do if i see someone hurt or in pain with ballet it's given me a lot of 
work on how I do posture and how I balance myself. It's given me a lot of resilience in terms of public speaking and really things that I get pushed out of my comfort zone because I wasn't really that confident speaking about something I was passionate about in a classroom in front of people I know and I don't know. So I've learned to be resilient and it's been really helpful so far. It seems to have done the trick. You speak beautifully. But what I was going to ask you is, with these activities, are they just in your year groups or do you get to meet other people as well from outside your year groups? Yeah, I'm in year eight and I've had a lot of new friends that I've made who are in year seven. Before, I wouldn't really have thought to go up to the year sevens in my group and have a conversation with them. But now I consider them my friends and I can now go up to them in Floria and have good conversations with them. So it's given me a lot of new friendships that I've been able to make. I think that's really valuable, actually, because I think when you're in your group, you tend to stick in it and you don't talk to other people. But obviously, when you go out of school, you need to be able to have the confidence to do that, don't you? Yeah. Superb. Well, it's lovely to talk to both of you. If I could come back to Mr Garwood. Really, I think it's an amazing programme. I just have one more question from you. Do you wish it was at school? when you were there <laughs> absolutely i would have uh, i would have uh, jumped at the chance to try some of these things we are just about to yield our first harvest of uh, Farrington's organic honey, uh, which we're going to supply our staff with. And I think that will probably be, in, in many ways, the, one of the most satisfying things about this is that we, we've grown something in, in every sense. Uh, and uh, there, there will be some, some you know, sort of tangible skills that students will leave school um, with that they wouldn't have otherwise had we have not, uh, not, not put this together. Uh, it's been a real labour of love. Uh, students have enjoyed every minute, as have I. And, uh, and uh, Miss Azule, who is our activities coordinator, who's a, an absolutely outstanding advocate and spokesperson and uh, organiser of people uh, and she takes a great deal of credit for, for for developing the programme to what it is and we're looking forward to huge things next year. Thank you very much indeed for joining me today. Thank you to Mr Garwood, to Alex and Eden and I now know what Floriat activities are. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school website farringtons.org.uk. Now, the next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.